Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Spirit. Are you excited about the new Lion King movie coming out? I am actually. I'm going to see it Tuesday. Mm. Yeah. Edward and I bought tickets. Um, Cause I was like, let's do this now. This was like almost a week ago. Yeah. I was like, let's do this now. Cause I don't want to play like, Oh fuck. Well, we have to see this one. Um, I feel like it's yeah. not getting good reviews though. Yeah. I'm just over like, I'm over people's reviews in general mm. on things. Like, mm. I don't It's like, if these remakes are exactly what the cartoon was, people don't like it. And if they're different, people don't like it. And I think what like really turned me off from people's reviews and thoughts and opinions is the Ariel situation. Oh, sure. And I'm just over like, yeah. Yeah. Cause I know I'll enjoy a black Ariel. So the people who are going to give bad reviews on what that movie is, I won't listen to anyway. For sure. You know what I mean? Real quick. Hey, I'm Brian. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the white Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening to <laughs> fruit snakes. There it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I saw a post that Disney like doubled down on why they chose her. Okay, which I'm like, yes, bitch. Yeah, but it was like kind of like a passive aggressive read on society of like shut the fuck up. But Good. it was like, um, well, considering um, she's a mermaid and we've never seen a real life mermaid, we really don't know what they look like yeah. or technically ethnic ethnically wise like we don't even know if they have ethnicities Mm -hmm. and then yes it's a danish story so that's like northern europe but she's best friends with a jamaican crab crab, yeah yeah. so or caribbean crab so in essence it's open water motherfucker so this 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 ariel could have swam her ass right up there (laughs) okay so next (laughs) yeah fruit fly don't bother me fruit fly don't bother me So I have a fruit fly for you guys. Um, <laughs> this isn't even about the passengers. This is about coworkers. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. So um, the other day I was working at Chicago Turn, which is our most coveted trip in really? LA. Yeah. Because it's worth so much in one day. Mm. So I know we mentioned this before, but we'll just clarify. A turn means you go to one city and back in the same day. So it's almost like having a nine to five where you go to work and you're home the same night. But yeah. this turn is our 4K turn, which means it's a longer distance. Um, we go to Chicago and then come back and our top bidders, like one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever, they're the ones to always hold this trip. Yeah. Um, since we got rid of our 48 hour Costa Rica's, which was the top spot. Now uh, Chicago's the top spot. Cause literally you can work six of these in a month and be done with your entire schedule of flying. So that means literally if you did six of these back to back, you could be off for three plus weeks for the rest of the month. Yeah. And still get a full, full salary. Yeah. So that's why they're so coveted. But, um, the two people I was working with, I've worked with one of them before. Um, she was the lead. And she, when, when we say she was the A, she has a very type A personality. Okay. Um, Same. <laughs> she's from, um, Eastern Europe. So she's very like uh, regimented yeah. and like, like, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? But I love it because there's no gray area with her. Yeah. She says exactly what's on her mind. She don't give a fuck. Like, I'm like, 
hey, um, can I cook my food in the oven? Because we only had ovens in the front on this one. She's like, seriously? Like, y- y- no, because I can't do my service when your food is in there. I'm going to have to juggle it, blah, 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 this and that. I was like, okay, no big deal. When normally people would get offended, I'd yeah. be like, bitch, it's not your oven, which it's not. You right. know, it's a crew, like crew can, like, yeah. yes. But I was like, okay, well, just let me know if there's a chance. Like, no big deal. And because I was so responsive and like, a, okay, cool. Like, I understood. She's like, but I'll let you know. And I was like, okay, cool. You know? But it was very that. She's just like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I've flown with her a couple times where she's actually yelled at me because I did a trip where we were in Mexico. And um, I guess we don't fill water up in Mexico. And I didn't know that. And I reported to the captain, like, hey, we're low on potable water. And he's like, oh, do we fill it up? Let me check. And then it could have, like, put us as a delay, all this stuff. So she gets on the phone. She's like, why would you ever do that? They don't fill up in Mexico. Are you joking? Have you never done this trip before? Like, blah, 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 blah. And, again, I wasn't, like, fighting with I was like, oh you're right my bad you know but it's very that and so then um i get on the the flight with her and we work together and she knows me so at this point like we're we're very we work really well together and so um she's like have you ever worked with the person in the back and i was like no i haven't and she's like you're in for a treat and i'm like crap because i was working in the back and it was a three-person crew so Uh, it was just me and the girl in the back yes not like a, a a buffer a couple other flight attendants to like you know distract and I was like crap so then she's like you'll see like you'll see you'll see you'll see and so then I get to the back and the person I'm working with she seems nice right off the jump but the position I was working I guess she typically works but the person I picked it up from is more senior to her so Um, she got the position I took it and then she got the secondary position so she's like instead of asking me can we switch she's like oh i always do see and i was like oh do you and she's like yeah i'm like oh yeah i don't like doing the position she was so i was like okay and she's like do you like doing c i was like yeah i normally like to fly c and she's like oh yeah that's me too i was like yeah so i start setting things up and she's like oh um do you mind if you set up this way i was like i already did it like yeah she literally was telling me stuff that is blatantly obvious of like your job duty right where i was like yeah that's what you normally do i don't know why you're like who doesn't do that do you know what i mean it's like put coke on the make sure you put coke on the 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 cart yeah i got coke (laughs) people drink coke got it you know um so it was like stupid shit like that where i was like what what the fuck and she's like oh have you ever worked with the person in the front i don't want to say names but the one in the front and i was like Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, so you know. So they were saying the exact same thing oh, about each other. But, like, what's funny is they're both unaware of how they are. Yeah. I think they both know that there's issues, but they want to beat me to the punch to be like, that's the worst one yeah. to work with. When really, they're both shit. They're both awful, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, would I rather work with either one of them? No, but I know and I'm aware, so I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. And so, um, everything was fine. She kept, she kept being, bringing up like, oh, I never worked this position. I never worked this position. I never worked this position. And I was like, oh. And then I go up to the front. She's like, did she ask you to switch positions? And I was like, no, but she keeps telling me how she always does my position. And I was like, I'm not switching her if she doesn't yeah. ask. Like, I don't care. And even if she asked, I'd probably be like, no. Because yeah, like, no. yeah, she's more senior, but really they can't so, take, yeah. yeah, they can't bully us into it. Yeah. But she was trying to be nice. And so then after doing my position after the first, like she realized like, oh, he really does know what he's doing because some people are shit at certain positions where they think they know what they're doing but it's like they're not proactive i'm like super proactive i literally could do the entire service by myself Uh like that's how proactive i am so she kept so long story short she was on the food cart i was like just go through with the food cart first it should take you 
it should be quick, right? So usually when you go through, about halfway through, they jump on the drink cart with you. Yeah. Bitch, I was behind this bitch the entire fucking time. So I literally did the entire right. cabin serving drinks because she was that slow. Did you guys provide free food on this flight? No. That's what's weird. But it was it was a midday flight. It was like a 12 o'clock departure. So it was like lunchtime. Okay. So a lot of people were buying food. But still, she didn't know what the fuck she was doing is a problem. And I'm like, girl... Don't worry about what I'm doing. Yeah. You need to worry about your position because I got mine down, right? And so then um, we're getting towards the end. She finally gets done and then she's about to jump on my cart. But because I did the whole cabin, I had to use all the supplies on her side because oh, I ran out. Right. Right? Like you only have like about eight yeah. cans of Coke for 160 people. If more, And we were going to Chicago. Midwest yeah. loves basic Coke. Not like right. co- Diet Coke or sparkling water. They like Coke, ginger ale, Sprite. So yeah. I ran out of everything and I like switched it around. And then... I was like, hey, don't worry about it. Just make room for trash. So when I get back there, we can just jump right out and trash. She's like, oh, let me reset your cart. I had like three rows left. So she starts putting full soda drawers in there, oh, putting new ice. And I'm like, you're wasting. I was like, hey, don't worry about it. Like, I got it. I have yeah. enough supplies to finish. She's like, no, 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 it's okay. Do you need hot water? I was like, stop. Yeah. I'm good. And then this is where. It's the- so awkward because the second you start telling people no uh-huh. or like they don't like that disagreeing well it's not that everyone starts listening yep. around you all yep. the passengers yep. are like suddenly tuned in and you're yep. like ah it's so annoying yeah. and and um it was very that and i was like oh i see why people don't like this bitch and so then even on the on the beverage or the the meal card i don't need to set it up because i'm not working it but i yeah. do because that's the kind of bitch i am like i want to make sure everything's fine everyone yeah. can find what they need because that's like you're the galley queen in the back so yeah. i get the galley ready for everyone um so we can reserve food, but they have to still pay for it. And a lot of times I separate the reserve food because people will forget and then hand it out. And then when we get to the person who reserved oh, it, wow. we're like, oh, shit, I already gave out your food. So I put it all on the top and then I made a display box, all her cookies, all her things, like the snacks you hand out, did it, right? I did it all. And then I tell her that before she gets out, I'm like pulling the drink cart up. And I'm like, hey, before you go out, all you have to do is put everything on the bottom of the cart to the top and then your reserves on the top cool she pulls up did any of that process fuck no she gets to the front starts handing shit out and then i'm like okay i need a sandwich up here because we have extra for people who didn't reserve and she's like oh well i need it for the reserve and i was like all your reserves on top she's like no it's just fruit and cheese i was like did you pull the whole thing out yeah and she's like oh there was like sandwiches protein plates all the things she needed on top and i was like yeah so i need that sandwich did you grab it from the top drawer and she the top thing and the top rack she's like no i was like okay so it's free i need that and she's like but it's and i was like your reserves on top and it took her literally up until the exit row which is about halfway through the cabin for her to finally pull the cart out because she was resetting it up after i told her we have everything and it was funny because the jump seater was in the back Uh and the jump seater was like another flight attendant la base she's like have you ever flown with her and i was like no she's like i hated it just wait and then, girl, thank God she was there because I was venting. So I was like, this stupid-ass bitch. Like, this stupid-ass <laughs> bitch. And, like, um, like I was getting so frustrated, but I didn't show. I was like, reserves on top, reserves on top, reserves on top. And she just keeps – and I was like, uh, hey, reserve is on top. And she's like, oh, it is? And then, oh again, like you said, because we're in the aisle talking about it, other passengers are looking at me. And I was like, yep, reserves are on top, just like I said. And then a guy looks at me, and I just look at him, and I just, like, make that smirk. <laughs> and he's like – long day huh and i was like seems that way <laughs> i was like seems that way yeah. yeah and then we finally get done she's like wow you really are good tea like oh, you got bitch. yeah she's like you got everything together she's like i'm so glad i work with you because you work like me <laughs> <laughs> she said you work like me you're like a really good tea like me and i said <laughs> i just said <laughs> 
what killed me. And the jump scene hurt her. And she, we both were just like looking at each other laughing because yeah. she was so unaware that she was so stupid. And then the rest of the flight, on the way back, she got it. She's like, okay, okay, I don't need to micromanage. He knows what he's doing. And we had a very good conversation on the way back. Yeah. But it was a struggle going to Chicago. And the whole time she just kept saying like, wow, yeah, people like us, we work really well together. Yeah. yeah. She's like, service got done so fast because, you know, we're efficient. And, and I was like, we... Bitch, Mom, I got you through this. Ent- yeah, yeah, I got you through this entire fucking trip. Okay, I got you through this trip. And luckily, it was just a turn because if I was on a multi-day with this motherfucker, girl, I would not have had a job by the end of this this trip. But yeah, I'm sure you could relate. Yeah, yeah. People are just... <sighs> I digress. People are just, you know? Yeah. People are just. They're just... <laughs> Okay, so uh, for our first fruit this week, we wanted to talk about a topic that was recommended to us that we would normally do in a fruit smoothie, but we're just going to make it a topic of discussion because I think there's enough to talk about. So this was recommended by Los, L-O-S underscore life. Um, his name is Carlos, and he hey, recommended- Carlos. Oh. <laughs> and he recommended that we talk about code switching. Work. Um, I, you had brought up that he mentioned code switching and I did not know what that was. Mm -hmm. It was a term that I've heard, but I really don't know anything about it. Um, so I looked it up and there's two definitions that were given. Um, one is just by like the dictionary on Google. Yeah. And it says that code switching is the practice of alternating between two or more languages or varieties of language in conversation. Okay. So it seems more linguistic than anything. Right. But I didn't gather that that's what he was talking about or recommending that we talk about. Yeah, I'm like, what? Right. That's like being like, oh my god, I'm so hungry because I want some enchiladas. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, no. like, oh. <laughs> um, so then I was like, well, you know what? Urban Dictionary will know exactly yeah. what he's talking about. So I Urban Dictionary it, and it says that code switching is to customize style of speech to the audience or group being addressed. And I was mm. like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've actually seen a lot of posts about this recently um from friends who uh are very much coming into their own um and within the black community finding that a lot of people steal things from the black community which we've talked about before right especially in in terms of language and uh essentially like styles if you will right um let's give an example so people kind of understand what we're saying but like like go ahead i think that the most blunt two of the most blunt things i'll give one linguistic example and one physical example linguistic example is i feel like gay men take a lot of uh language from black women right so like when we say like yes queen i don't feel like that that came from the gay community Mm -hmm. you know um I feel like that came from the black community. Well, I think that's a different kind of thing, no? What do you mean? Like, that's more of a appropriation. I think code switching more is in the sense of, like, when you're in a certain environment, you act a certain way and suppress or, like, play that role, right? So, like, if I were to, to get a job and I thought uh-huh. that being black would hinder, I'd be like, hi, welcome. Yes, my name is Brian Weaver, blah, blah. So don't you think the two can be intertwined? 
Yeah, I think I think so. White culture in that sense, not uh, in a negative. I get what way. you're saying. Yeah, but I think more so like you're playing the role of like sure. linguistically of what you're trying to yeah. say, and then like in my friends, I'm like, bitch, listen. But that's what I mean. So say like, if I was just with like my white cousins, uh-huh. I wouldn't be like, yes, queen. You wouldn't. But if I was with, <laughs> but if I was with a more like culturally diverse group of friends, I would say that. Sure. Okay. 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 Which is why I like use that as an oh, example. Good. Yeah. But then I guess my physical one wouldn't... That would definitely be more appropriation. Because mm. I was going to say, like, the Kardashians having cornrows. Right. That's... And then everybody being like, I want the Kardashian hair look. And it's like, that is not the Kardashian yeah, that's, hair look. I, that's yeah. a cultural appropriation, appropriation for okay. sure. It's Whatever. it's more of just, like, the way you verbally, I think, and will correct me, I guess, if I'm wrong, but it's more of, like, your linguistic speech of, like, how you fit into certain roles, right? Mm-hmm. Of, like... Um, yeah, just kind of like having a professional persona as apart from like a at home yeah. style of speech or like um, speaking to your parents if you come from like an ethnic background to like uh-huh. hang out with your white friends yeah. or your Asian Elaborating friends. a little bit with Carlos, I also think that he was insinuating that people tend to do this between not just like family versus friends, but like friends versus friends. Oh, for sure. You know, for and sure. I think that that. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think I, I, I can, again, speak from my own experience. So uh-huh. being black, gay, and Asian, I feel like I code switch. If there is code switching in my life from straight to gay, right? Totally. Um, the thing, the first thing I can think of is like answering the phone. <laughs> when I used to um, answer the phone, people would always think I was a, a woman. Uh-huh. <laughs> so like even when like trying to like, put my voicemail message box like hey this is brian sorry i couldn't answer your phone blah blah blah. i would like listen to it back and think oh my god i sound so gay yeah and so then i'd be like hey this is brian please leave us and i would like try to sound like you know straight um this is when i cared (laughs) now i'm like what up bitch (laughs) yeah leave a message beep beep no but (laughs) um yeah tutu yeah but like i feel like when i even like talk to my roommate brandon who's a straight white man yeah I don't, like, I have to, like, not that I choose, but I think he wouldn't understand what I'm trying to say yeah. if I were to be like, girl. You know, like, if I called yeah. him girl, he'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, because we, when we speak, we, like, cha- interchange, like, genders and stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, she was so stupid when I'm talking about a guy, right? Like, which yeah. is funny, like, like, um, for instance, I was <laughs> watching uh, the Build series, uh, Monet Exchange has her own talk oh, yeah. show, yeah. and she had a segment of uh, talking about R. Kelly, <laughs> and she kept saying R. Kelly as a girl. Oh. And she had to clarify because she's like, you know, R. Kelly's out of prison or whatever. She's walking around the neighborhood. She's doing this. And I was like, it was so, it made sense to me because yeah. I speak like that. Yeah. But then the audience was like, wait, what? <laughs> she's like, sorry. She's like, I say she on her on everything, <laughs> right? Like, if there's like a food I like, I'm like, oh, she is so delicious. <laughs> like, putting gender on things that yeah. don't have gender. But again, like with him, as my straight roommate, I couldn't do that because uh-huh. he doesn't speak with that vernacular. Yeah. And for us as gay people, we're like, girl, bitch, yes, yeah. you know? And yeah. so I feel like that's, like, the most obvious form of, like, when Don't I do it. Don't you like, code switching between, like, gay and straight talk is just suppressing emotion and, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly how you said, like, Suppress hey, fun. this is Brian. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, hey, this is Brian. Leave a voicemail. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. As opposed to being like, hey, it's Brian. Right. Leave a voicemail. Like, like, not to say that the rainbow, but yeah, adding color. Like, if yeah. you're going to think a straight speech, it's like black, gray, charcoal gray, 
light gray, heather gray, <laughs> white, you know? Yeah. And then with gay, it's My like blue, right? <laughs> so we got blue, pink, red, green, yellow, red. violet, ultraviolet, fluorescent beige, <laughs> neon tan. <laughs> yeah. No, not neon tan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, do you think that... Wait, did you want to answer that question? <laughs> Which one? Like code switching, like, do you feel like it happens in your life? Oh, yeah, 100%. Would you say from the same lens of, like, the gay Definitely thing? the gay lens, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, but then also, like, I, I feel that I code switch between not just gay and straight, but between, like, generations as well. Oh, for sure. You know? Like, That's a I'll, very good point. I'll talk differently to my parents than my cousins for or sure. my siblings. For sure. Um, Which is funny you bring that up. Why? Well, were you finished? I don't yeah. mean to cut yeah, you yeah, off. Yeah, go ahead. Um, There's just another perspective. Um, Complete side note, but I, w- I was flying with this crew member. W- me and the guy in the back were young, same generation. He's a year older than me. We're both gay. We speak very the same. And then um, the flight attendant that joined us, RD, she is... I think 65, 70. Mm. And we were talking to her about things and she's super like left as far as, as far as politics, um, super liberal, very proud about it. Very active, uh, very active in the political scene. Mm-hmm. And, um, she came out to us as lesbian. Like she's oh. like, yeah, that my longest relationship, I was married to a woman, blah, blah, which I would have never guessed. And I bring this up cause I actually wanted to introduce her or interview her on the podcast. Oh, cool. Um, cause I know we wanted to do that, but, um, we had a code switch for her because for us, I feel like our generation is very um, sarcastic mm-hmm. and like we don't take word for face value. Yeah. We're like, ugh, I hate her, right? Or like like one of the times like she needed to give a tablet to a passenger and she was like um, handing it and she's like, is that all she needs? I was like, no, she, you should punch her in the face when you walk by. Clearly you're not going to fucking right, punch right. her in the face, but she's like, oh my God, I would never do that. Uh- <laughs> and I was like... Charlotte, I'm not really telling you to punch her in the face. And she's like, oh. And then, like, still, like, missing the point. Like, didn't giggle. Didn't realize about, was... You know what's funny? I've talked about throat-punching girls before. <laughs> and I've realized it's it really hit a chord with people. And I was like, oh, my God. But, like, you really <laughs> throat-punch a girl. <laughs> but that's how we were speaking. But that's how I'm like, no, fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, yeah. like when we, we start talking about gay stuff, because she was like, it's so... She brought up the, the conversation that, like the LGBTQ plus IA community, yeah. you know, like all that extra. She's like, I just remember it being L and G, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just lesbians and gays and we were fighting for equal rights. And then the trans thing kind of came out in the seventies as far as like this and that. And she's like, I knew about it then, but it was still kind of like on the back burner. So then we added the T and then bisexual. And she's like, now I just feel like there's too many things and this and that. And so when we were speaking to her, I was like, well, I think part of it is that people, this and that, Oh my God, I'm being so vague. But like the stuff that I was saying was just enlightening her in the sense that like there's more to the story. But she thought I was like telling, I was saying that she wasn't open. Do you know what I mean? Like she was taking everything so literal, um, which I think is a very generational thing too. Is she white? Yeah. 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 The reason I ask is because like even the, the little bit of gay history that I know, I know that in terms of like fighting for gay rights, that started with like, trans women of color for sure or like drag queens for sure of color for sure that didn't start with like lesbians and gays and right like white lesbians and gays and, and, that. and was... i even brought that up too where i was like i think you're coming from a very specific 
uh, viewpoint, yeah. and she acknowledged that too. Because I was yeah, like, yeah. I think because she's from Portland, mm. um, but I was like, I feel like people from the Pacific Northwest are very left in the sense that they like are like, I'm very progressive, 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 but then they're very shut off to having open conversations with someone who's different. Right. And then secondly, I'm like, yes, you're progressive, but you're still progressive in a bubble, uh-huh. right? Where you're, you're tone deaf. clean progressive. Exactly, where like, yeah. yeah, you want all this diversity and stuff, but yet you still surround yourself with the same homogenous group, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like monochromatic. And she's like, totally. And I'm like, it's just funny how people that I've experienced, and I, this is very general, so I'm not saying everyone's like this, but in a general sense, it feels like they want to talk about a lived experience they've never experienced and it's easy for them to talk about it because they if things don't go their way they don't get affected by it yeah you know yeah um and she's like totally but i guess that's kind of off topic well no but i (laughs) i think that that also uh, uh contributes to why people who are in customer service or deal with people on a daily basis are so tired at the end of their day is they're not only absorbing other people's energies Uh uh-huh they're absorbing them and then outputting the appropriate energy in terms of code switching. For sure. Depending on who they're interacting with. For and sure. if you're interacting with literally like as a flight attendant, hundreds of people a day, you're code switching like nonstop. Non you're very much stop. still yourself and how you're presenting yourself, right. but you are reacting based on scenarios For sure. and individuals. That's very valid to bring up too, because um, this same guy that I was flying with that w- was with this particular crew, um, he was like, I love doing LA JFK. And I was like, really? Because oh. a lot of people in the yeah. LA base don't like LA JFK because people from New York are very abrupt. And like, I don't think they mean to be rude, yeah. but it is just like, I need a Coke. Uh-huh. And you're like, I don't have Coke. They're like, well, why not? You know, when yeah. really it's like, hey, can I have a Coke? Yeah. And then like, that's very LA. Hey, can I get, oh, I don't have a Coke. Oh, well, what else do you have? I yeah. don't, you know, it's very, just the, the code switching is very different. And he's like, I like being more rude, which he is super sarcastic mm-hmm. and super dry. He's like, I don't have a Coke. And yeah. like, no one takes offense to that and when they're from yeah, New York. That's what I, I had to learn how to code switch for New York people. Um, like living here is very different than serving here. Right. Um, because interacting with people doesn't mean that you're providing them what they want. And I enjoy New York crowds now because I don't feel bad being seemingly rude. Right. Back to them. Because they don't take it as being rude. They don't. It's just you interacting with them the same way that uh-huh, they're presenting uh-huh, to you. Uh-huh. And yeah. it's funny because even like coming here and like say this, the the Hilton that we stay at, when our van isn't there, we'll call him like, hey, um, we're just waiting out here. Like our van hasn't showed up to pick us up. He's like, it's coming. Did you call us? And we're like, oh, were we supposed to call? He's like, yeah, you need to call us to tell us we, we need to leave. So we'll send one. You know, it's very yeah. like as if it's our fault. It's just factual. But it's like, it is factual. Concise. Yeah. concise and I'm like, he doesn't mean anything by it. But yeah. I can see someone being like, what the fuck? Like, uh-huh. why is he coming at me all rude? In California, it would be like, oh, my God. Yeah. You guys typically totally. call us and then we'll send someone out. But not a big deal. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It's more like saving face. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like that's why people say that people in California are fake. <laughs> Yeah. Because we would say it like that, but then we're like wanting to be like this stupid bitch. Like they call, they're supposed to call when New York is like right. you're, supposed you're supposed to, to call. call. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's so funny. And I do think that I've, uh, I know that I code switch between groups of friends as well. Okay. Um, do you have an example? Yeah, I think like culturally speaking, I'm, and I am actually trying to. One of the reasons that I wanted to use this as a topic is I've been consciously trying to move through 
like say different groups of friends more consistently Mm -hmm. because I've noticed that I've code switched a lot as a person. And I feel like that attributes sometimes for me personally to what can be perceived uh, as like a lack of self identity. Well, I think part of it is, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like being a white person, you want to be sensitive to diversity. So you try to wear all those hats. And Uh I think you do it in the sense of like trying to relate in a positive way. Yeah. But then you almost, like you said, lose a sense of identity because you're like, well, like how authentic is that if I'm not totally, like, yeah. like when you talk to me because I'm black, you're like, what up, nigga? And I'm like, Shane, Take no. that back right now. <laughs> you're like, what up, cuz? I'm like, <laughs> ew. Hey, girl. <laughs> Could you imagine? Or just our whole conversation, code switching for one another. But, yeah. but for the opposite. Like, yeah. you're talking, you're speaking yeah. like, like, like an African-American kind of black language. And I'm like, oh, how are you, sir? <laughs> um, but yeah, totally. Yeah. I get what you're saying. The one thing that I will say is, the one thing that I will say is that I do not use that word. But the thing that I'll say after that is... Um, what, blood? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sick. What up, blood? Um, is that I do think that there... And again, this does really bleed into appropriation the more that I talk about it. At least the way that I'm perceiving it. Is um, I've learned that when people... I feel like when people code switch sometimes, it is perceived as... Um, appropriation in a negative sense sure but i also think that what we have to start doing is looking at the entire storyline of that person who is code switching and when i say that i mean like say i were to um utilize like black language more in the way that i speak right in terms of doing that with black friends my intent is coming from relating more with you right i'm not saying that that's right or wrong i'm just saying like that's where my intention is coming from it's not but i'm also i as an individual i'm also very aware of where that language comes from but like let me ask this like can you give me an example of say if you were with your black friends how you would code switch to see yeah actually i just saw a post today Mm -hmm. um and it was a very uh, aggressive post about white guys in particular that it didn't say anything about gay or straight. It just said white guys in particular. Maybe it did say gay, actually. Utilizing um, mm. in their language mm-hmm. and how upset it makes this person. I know where that comes from. I or I, I, I at least attribute that word more to black culture than I do anything else. Right. I don't have proof that that's where it came from. But that's, in my mind, when I utilize that word, I, I relate it to that origin. But I use that word not just with black friends, but also with white friends, mm-hmm. Latino friends, whatever it is. But I've I've also almost started to attribute that more to my gay speech than anything. Um, but I can understand how it would be offensive coming from, like, a straight white guy. Because I would sure. feel like he would just be putting on an act more than anything. Right. Like, it's, like, ironic that I'm speaking black. Yeah. Rather than being, yeah. like, it's part of your actual vernacular of yeah. your experience. And yeah. I'm not, like, walking around doing it on purpose to black people to be, like, oh, look at, like, look, we can talk. Yeah. Like, hey, girl, I'm, like, one of you. I'm yeah. a sister. Yeah, <laughs> when no. they're, like, uh. <laughs> No. But, like, if someone makes a good point, I'll, like, kind of cock my head and be, like, oh, crrr. <laughs> and it, it's just like a f- I feel like it's like this little interaction or moment that you can share with somebody right not all people see it that way I um 
I think I would almost agree with your friend. Mm. Um, because even that right there where you like cock your head to yourself, like, oh, that's like taking on that block persona uh-huh. to be like, yes, I understand you. I see why that would be offensive. Obviously, I don't get offended from you because I know the history right. of it. But I would, I would say be weary of it because it does feel a little bit like you're wearing a hat to like relate. Sure. Yeah. When like if it was a normal Shane, you'd be like, yes. You know what I mean? Like to yeah. me, I feel like more but authentic. See, like, that we'd be too. like, yes, bitch. Do you right. think? But, but that yeah, I guess also comes I guess from something. Yeah, so, I guess like where do you sure, draw sure, the line in sure, language? Totally. Where like what? Who belongs to what? Like yeah. you can't and then take ownership and then of I words. Feel, yeah. Like I've had this conversation with my roommate a lot recently, where when you start drawing those lines, all you're doing in my in my viewpoint and opinion is you f- start to further segregate yourself for sure from other groups of people, for which sure. only intensifies the differences that people see amongst right. one another. Right. When you can start intertwining. I'm not saying all language. I'm saying when you can start intertwining intertwining language or uh, mannerisms or characteristics right. of other people, you start to blend and relate to, to one another right. more, at least I feel, right. um, on a daily basis. But when you're like, you can't say that that's ours. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, then it's yours, but... Like, now I'm scared to try and relate to you on any level because right. I don't know what's yours and right. what I can share right. with you. And totally. And it starts to feel like you're butting heads and not ever blending with one another. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Again, like I said, I'm not offended by you doing that. I yeah, don't yeah, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I'm just bringing that up to say, like, someone could take it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of shedding light on it. For sure. Um, but I will say, it's very this, too, where... Um, like again, my lens is I go from a gay straight lens more so because I identify with that most for my identity. But it's like when I'm in an interaction with two gay men or uh, a straight man, right? Uh-huh. Me and a straight man, and I started acting gay, saying stupid shit like "Hey, yeah. girl," like da 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 da. If he started being like "Okay" and "Oh, bitch, yes," and talking like that, I would feel offended because I'm like, now you're making fun of the way I right. speak. But if if he was just be like "Hey, girl." And, like, yeah. be cutesy about it. And we have that rapport where we build it. Totally. And he's, like, speaking back to me the way I'm speaking. I'm like, oh, I get that. Yeah. So I think for you, it is that, oh, grrr, like, you're yeah. just, like, playing Answer. fun because yeah. you're like, yeah, this comes from my experience because I have friends that speak mm-hmm. like that, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But because if they're not from that interaction, they might take it as you wearing a hat, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if if um, another gay person were to see that straight friend without me there and he's like, hey, girl they probably respond and be like, why are you saying that to me? Yeah. Like, are you making fun that I'm gay? Yeah. But if they had that rapport and they knew there was like a backstory to that, I'd be like, oh, no, no, no. I, you know, then For they'd sure. probably be like more open to it. Does it suck that that, that um, little buffer has to happen? Yeah, because I think people are always assume that they're attacked because mm-hmm. I feel like typically being in that other is mm-hmm. looked down upon. Right. So I think that's your natural reaction. But I think get over it. Because mm-hmm. if someone were to do that to me, I'm like, I don't look stupid. Right. Like, you trying to make fun of me of being black or gay or Asian it makes you look dumb because you're the one who looks like an idiot. Yeah. So I don't take that on. But again, not everyone has that same mindset. So that's why I'm like, you might want to be weary of it. Yeah. But I don't think you're a person to be unaware by that. You know totally. what I mean? Like, you wouldn't do that to someone who you knew they might not go right. there with me. Right. You know? Well, and the other thing, this is like, this is bleeding into like a different type of conversation. But the other thing that I have experienced a lot recently in hearing more people discuss things like even like on our podcast, your podcast with Hajim, Uh I feel like we we're in a place right now and I'm not, this is, I'm making a statement. I'm not, um, I'm not like crying wolf in saying this. 
we're in a place right now where white culture is made fun of a lot. For sure. As a white man, if I go around and I act very white, that's also looked down upon. Right. So it starts to feel like there's this difficult middle ground of like, if I'm too white, you don't like that. Because it's like, it's just something to make fun of at this Mm -hmm. point where it's like, look at this basically ass white, white bitch. But if I do act white, like in, in realistic terms of like, uh, what would be deemed like white culture, right? So I'm from the Midwest. If I liked the foods that people eat in the Midwest, like by anybody else, it's like your bland white ass basic food, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then if I try to border the line of like language or taking on other cultures, it's like, well, there they go taking our shit again. Mm-hmm. And it, it right now in particular feels like a very difficult For middle sure. ground to find as a white guy, but this is me make again making a statement, not like poor me, like I right. can't, You're not I can't survive in this yeah. world. It's just from my perspective, it's an observation. that's what makes this so difficult for me on a daily basis. Is because it's like I don't want to offend anybody, but I also feel like I'm at a detriment if I if I don't try to uh, code switch. Or, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I think that's a very good point because. I feel like what you're experiencing is what ethnicities probably have experienced yeah. for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like if someone acted authentically, let's use black because it's the mm-hmm. most relatable mm-hmm. ethnicity as far as American culture yeah. of being oppressed. But like if someone were to naturally act black and speak like a black person, carry themselves as a black person, they carry all that weight of like, oh, you're that kind mm-hmm. of black person. Right. Mm-hmm. But then if they code switch to be like more. Um, I guess white in essence they'd be like well you still don't belong why are you trying to be right. a white person so totally. it's very that where you say the same thing where it's like if you're white you're put down upon mm-hmm. but then if you try to like be more um, I guess diverse and like aware of like there's other things out there and relate to that they're like right. well what are you trying to do right. so you carry that baggage so mm-hmm. in that sense I guess you can be compassionate to the idea that it sucks to be yeah. in that situation but yeah. then being aware of it helps because you're like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. I think the best learning experience is the lived experience. Totally. And so, um, I have no answer. <laughs> yeah, no. But well, I mean, like, I appreciate you sharing that because yeah. I think it's very important. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Because I, like, I, I agree. Like, I feel like white people are getting shit on. Mm-hmm. Of, like, the basic is, like, the new nigga. Do you right. know what I mean? Where yeah, you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's basic. Uh, basic. Right. Right. White people are canceled. Right. And I feel like it's more just white males. Are ca- straight yeah. white males are canceled, yeah. you know? Um, and I say that lightly because I don't I don't think all straight white men are the same. So mm-hmm. we say this jokingly. Right. So if you're a straight white man, which we got some listeners out there. <laughs> we're not shitting on you, but we get the struggle. Right. Right. Um, and I think that in terms of, like, code switching, say, between friends or, like, uh-huh. uh, friends who are culturally different, I to relate it to a different mindset... Say we lived in a world where, like, every ethnicity, say a thousand years from right now, every ethnicity in some way or another had um, intertwined and we no longer had just white people or just black people right. or just Latino people. We've all, like, become sort of this ambiguous, diverse group of people right, that right. all have come from different, you know, backgrounds and ethnicities. I feel like the world would lose a lot of prejudice in the sense of like, how do you find prejudice among something so colorful, if Mm -hmm, you will? mm -hmm. And relating that back to code switching, linguistically speaking, if you start to blend these different languages together, not taking ownership of where that language is coming from, but if, if 
black people spoke more like white people and white people spoke more like latino people and latino people spoke more like black people like if there was this sort of um intermingling of languages i almost feel like it would take away the emphasis on the differences between those right people. right but i also understand the ownership that people take on of like but that was ours right. just so you know right i think the problem is is that it's not that we're trying to blanket all change so that equality becomes just that one mm-hmm. homogenous thing again right mm-hmm. where like everyone fits in this one box everyone speaks yeah. the same acts the same has the same interest yeah. blah 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 i think the problem is is that within those diversities you have those thoughts of negativity right where you're like ugh, they speak like that or right. they care that, oh i don't like this person right. i think that's where the conversation should be more led where that shouldn't happen right like mm-hmm. diversity should happen code switching whatever cool but it shouldn't have to feel so heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, race shouldn't For have sure. to feel so damn heavy. And For I sure. think it sucks because in order to get through a struggle, you have to really tread through the water. And I feel like as of right now, we're doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like before, um, and I've said this before, that, like, I'm glad that someone like Donald Trump is in the White House. Granted, I don't stand for what he puts out there socially and like all that stuff. But I like it because it sheds a light on all of the racism. Yeah, for sure. That's in America, right? Where like people and I feel like the difference because I was speaking about it to this flight attendant where she was like, I talked to my friends who are ethnic. She was white. And she's like, "I, I get it because I talked to them. I'm like, can you believe that? people are donald trump saying that like how does that make you feel they're like this is yeah. this is america like yeah. what do you mean of course it's like, talk like that. you're you're finding it so um heartache and like disruptive because you don't experience it in your daily life but we've had to just put up with it and now you get to see it cool but like this is you don't mm-hmm. need to run to me to make you feel better like you need to do something about right. it you know what i mean right um i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> um i don't know either way yeah. but like it's like when you start putting judgment on things, oh, fuck, I lost my complete train of thought. <laughs> there was a thought process to that. Either way, it sucks because, yes, differences... Oh, you were talking about um, why you think it's a good thing that Donald Trump was in office. Right, because then now it sheds light on that, and right. then, like, oh, treading the water. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's great because now you can actually have an honest conversation about it, right? It's right. almost like how you feel when in a relationship where you're like, wait, I know there's something here, but no one wants to talk about it. And you're like, hey, are we good? Yeah, we're good. It's fine. Everything's right. fine. But then nothing gets solved and you're still like living in this weird, awkward, phasey haziness. Totally. When now that's America, right? We're in this weird, awkward, phasey haziness. Because like when Obama was president, great, very progressive. But then did racism get cured? No. But because he's in office, it was a scapegoat to be like, see, America's not racist anymore. Yeah. He's president. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When it's like, nah, bitch. Like, right. nothing has changed. Right? And the people are like, America's gotten worse. No, it hasn't. America's gotten the same. It's just now we're I've spoken about. Exactly. It. We're yeah. faced with all the problems we have. Yeah. And so I feel like in order to get to the other side of the hill, you really have to do the work. Right? Yeah. It's like you can't be fat and complain that you're fat to lose the weight. Uh-huh. You really have to go to the gym, eat right, keep sweating. Right. And then when you get to the other side, you're like, holy shit, no wonder I was fat because I didn't change. Mm-hmm. And that's America. America yeah. is just fat with racism because they're just like, no, we're good. Like, I, it's not like that. There's no inequalities. You make all these excuses. Like, I can't go to the gym. I'm too tired. Da, da, da. I'm too tired. I, you know, I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Da, da, da. But then, like, the first time you say I'm not racist, you should just be like, how is that racist? Right. And then talk about that and then decide if it is or not. Right. And right. you, it's hard to decide if it's racist or not when it's coming from your own mind, because clearly you're not going to think so. Cause you right. have this 
thought process. But you need to speak to someone who might see it that way to be like, whoa, and stop getting so damn offended when someone says that, right? I don't think they're trying to say it to offend you. Either way, it might come off that way. It's like enlightenment. Like, it's all right. Have this conversation. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Will you find stuff out about yourself that you might not like? Yes. But then great thing is, you know, so you can fix Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. It's better to fix it than be like, what? Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm going through that with my own life, right? Where like in my dating world, I've dated a lot of white guys. And now I don't I don't think that I'm like suppressing my identity because like I said on the Hodgin episode, like we were so used to not liking who we were that yeah. we stopped dating who we are, mm-hmm. right? So like she didn't like being Asian, so she didn't find value in right. dating an Asian. But now we're like, oh, fuck. And yes, does it make me uncomfortable to like when people are like, you don't date black guys or whatever. It's like, that's not the case, but there's something there to clearly give that as an example because if people are saying it and also it kind of is in the track record of my dating history mm-hmm. it's something's there right right and instead of getting mad about why that's not true and i don't like that image put on me i'm like no let me uncover that and be like wait what is right. it that is there does it make you uncomfortable yes but i think on the other end it's better and i think that's the problem is like we're in this canceled culture i'm going on such a tangent i'm that's so okay. sorry but we're on this canceled culture where you make one mistake and you're like this motherfucker's Everything done, done yeah. but it's like no people can evolve right as right. long i think it's always great if people say shit in the the media that is like not good i think it's great to um accept an apology if it's genuine yeah. be like fuck yeah yeah that's you know what i am so sorry i did not realize that maybe that was racist or totally. not maybe but it is you uh-huh. know and then go from there but then like let them be able to like go through their actions because think about where america was like 50 years ago Mm -hmm. if you canceled all those people 70 percent like 50 to 70 percent of the population would still be canceled right because the people that are still living today were making those that like history back then right totally so it's like you you got to keep that in mind like who you were and who you were and um, what you were putting out at 20 is different than 30 as different as 40, 50, 60, right. especially because you go through these experiences to be like, wow, I'm, I'm quote unquote, the new term woke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think people forget that idea of like being able to grow and having like humility because not everyone's perfect. Yeah. When you bring up like the dating thing, it, it prompted this like whole thought of conversations in my head about say like dating or and or being great friends with like a diverse background of people Uh right when you spend the majority of your time with a specific group or set of people um you never fully assimilate in like oh yes you never rachel dolezal it and you're like i'm a black woman now (laughs) right but it's like you start to assimilate in the sense of you do start to code switch or use language or mannerisms that do you're a product of your environment and right and so if you're surrounded more often than not, like, I'm with my friends and who I date more than I am my white family in Chicago. Right. Right? So if I start to assimilate in a certain way, it's a, it is a conscious, but more of a subconscious thought process where I do the, oh, mm-hmm. because I have seen it and have been around it so much more than I haven't. Right. Um, it almost becomes like an inside joke that becomes part of your vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> like you say it ironically and then unironically, it's like, totally. oh shit, I'm actually saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think like where that's an issue is um, like I remember as a gay man, what offended me most about, not offended me, what upset me most about somebody like Hillary Clinton when she was running for president. She was so, like, working with HRC, and, you know, even now she's, like, so outspoken about everything Donald Trump just said about um, the four congresswomen, about going back to their countries. Um, 
my biggest issue with her when she was running is she kept saying, I've always been for marriage equality. And there were literally videos that people drudged up about her where she's literally saying on a microphone, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Okay. Like you said, if if we had cancel, cancel culture back then, that bitch wouldn't even have been running for president. No because way. Because people would have been like, no, that is not okay. I appreciate more that you are now doing so much good in a different way right. than you were then. But just admit that change. Totally. Yes, I did think that way back then because it was more... Um, in my reality, that was kind yes, of... Yes, that is exactly how, how we saw. Yes. Yeah, that's how I, my community, my my individual, my being, my identity saw totally. the world. Yeah. Um, Which is fair. Like, even Obama wasn't for marriage equality. And he, he admits that. He said, when I first became president, I was... A very religious person and or maybe he didn't say he was a very religious person but he wasn't necessarily for marriage equality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right he became one of if not the most lgbtq plus um advocates advocate uh, sort of president right. that we've ever had um but i we watched that evolution mm-hmm. we watched that mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. and i can get behind that more because you acknowledge where you've come from exactly and and where this other group of people that you are now playing to right comes from right that background and that history because it's it's honestly you see the human experience Mm -hmm. everyone has gone through a journey like that right you see a human experience and that's what's frustrating when you say someone like hillary where you're putting fact out as like as if it was never the if it was always the case when it's like if you're showing videos of you opposing that then that's where the storyline doesn't meet up but exactly if she were to be like you know i didn't really support it but now mm-hmm. i do and i i apologize right. that i didn't you know i was putting that out there but totally. again it's like it's okay yeah just have a human experience mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um but so the last question that i had like put about code switching is um and i i didn't know how to like properly word it but do you see code switching as like a form of spoken or unspoken language um both okay yeah well i meant like just in general do you can you see it being a form of like its own language where like you are you're speaking through that right like as if it's um going back and forth so much so that is like a hybrid language that becomes its own like spanglish right um yeah but i feel like i think Yes, in essence, but no, because I feel like code switching happens in very specific, organized situations rather right. than it being like a continual right, thing. Right, Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because I feel like because like once you're out of the situation, you're not like you're not still speaking that, speaking way. that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but I guess you could find identity within that code switch and be like, yeah, I'm that. You know, like a biracial person could really follow fall into that code switch and be like yes but i also think that you do lend yourself to certain situations Mm. not to cover things up because i think that could be a uh a uh contributing factor to cover up an identity to fit in but it also could be like someone might not understand what you're saying so you have to like speak a language that they understand whether that is like uh word choice or just like different ways how you say things you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like like um someone who is from Jamaica will go home and speak like a Jamaican English kind of hybrid. Yeah. But then if you were to say that 
elsewhere, they're not not saying that Jamaican influence because they do, they're embarrassed by it. But you might right. you literally just might not understand the words they're saying. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, could it become its own language? No, because you're not always in that situation. But I guess you could like identify more with the code switch because you want to highlight the fact that you're blended. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Did you want to add on that? No. No. All right. <laughs> it's just a question I had because I was th- I like on my way here again before this conversation was like prompted. I really didn't know what code switching was. So yeah. as I was thinking about it in formatting how to have this conversation, I. That was just a question I, I was like, oh, I wonder if kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know your opinion on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything yeah. to add on code switching? Um, I know we like tangented off a lot. A lot, that, yeah. But I guess like to, um, Carlos had mentioned something about groups of friends, like being one person in front of one, another person in front of another. That to me is just being a fake friend. Sure. Where like you can't you can't present as one completely different person right. between different groups of people. Right. I just think code switching seems to be more of like a, like I use the word, like an assimilation of right. sorts between the people who you right. are interacting with. Right. And depending on who you are and how that's coming across, how that's being presented and where that's coming from, um, it can be code switching or it can be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like what you're saying in essence is, your authenticity behind it. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like your code switching has to come from a place of lived experience mm-hmm. in order for it to feel like it's right. appropriate. Yeah. Right. But if, again, if you're just like, my black friends, what up, bitch? Right, like, right, the, you, right. know, you know what I mean? And wearing that as like a Rachel Dozal kind yeah, of thing, it's yeah. like different. Um, Which like thinking about that, when if I were to think, it's also weird because certain language or words feel more appropriate to me as a white guy Mm. than others Mm. right so like i can feel comfortable but i think this is because i'm gay Mm -hmm. i can feel comfortable being like oh but i would never feel comfortable like um presenting or speaking in more of like black mannerisms right or i'd be like like exactly how you just said like what uh like that what up that's not authentic to me you know but again in code switching, it's I'm also now presenting just more of as a gay man, right? But because that comes from a culture that I'm not a part of, right? There's that, right? That conflict well, I think of it, interest. It, it's like uh, since America is so blended, I think people use a lot of different uh-huh. um, inspiration. Thank you, inspirational yeah. points of like yeah. what to pull from. Yeah, um, and te- it tends to be from like pop culture, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it, but. To say that that is you without acknowledging where it comes from, because I think you just said mm-hmm. where it came from, it's a different... Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <coughs> I think just now we have to be very aware of people like, you know, say like a politician or a celebrity trying to, a play, to, trying to play to an audience through code switching. Right. But it not coming from an authentic, like, lived experience. It's just more of wanting the attention and the approval. And you know where... <clears throat> I feel like politically speaking, where that comes from. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat. Did you watch the um, dem- Democratic debates? No, I w- I watched uh, I watched parts of it, not all of them. Yeah, but it just reminds me. I I watched. We're not I, far. F- sorry, Go just ahead. to um, 
The reason that I have not watched them is we are too far away for me personally to find an interest in what 75 different people yeah. want to say about different topics. When we get down to the top 10, I'll start paying attention. But, like, we have 20-something people, and yeah. it's just too much for me. It's a little messy right it now. It is a little messy. But um, it was funny because one of the candidates, um, I think it was Beto Roig. Beto O'Rourke. Yes. Yeah. He starts speaking Spanish. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, da 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 in yeah. Spanish. And then the other Corey candidates, Booker. yes, Corey we're like, oh, like, shit. Okay, I need to pull this out, too. <laughs> you know, where it was like, yeah. it was almost like in an audition where one person flips and the other person's like flipping. Yeah. And then yeah. the bitch is like fucking doing yeah. pussy pops on the floor and it's starting to become like a circus. Yeah. It felt very that, where it was uh. like, let me code switch and wear this hat mm-hmm. to get this vote. Where it's like, yeah, it doesn't. But how much are you gonna do for those people? Exactly. Once you're in exactly. Yeah. And I again, I, this is just from a very, very uh, surface level totally. analysis. I didn't get into what his actual, uh, you know, his authentic feelings towards like Hispanic, whatever. Yeah. But to me, it looked like he was just wearing a hat. So uh-huh. I just brought it up as like a funny thing. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's actually true. If he comes from that experience, but it felt very hot. Where I was like, oh. Para uh, algo para right. tomar yeah. uh, jugo de naranja, manzana, <laughs> tomate, uh, arandano. <laughs> Going yellow, si. <laughs> and they're like, uh, you want something to drink juice? What? <laughs> you know, we're like, yeah. oh, okay. But yeah. Okay, we're going to move into the next segment, but did you want to add anything to the last segment? I no, know. no, no. I said everything I did. And like I said, I know that that probably moved in and out of code. What actually, <laughs> like what code switching actually is a lot. But I think that that is why I was so intrigued by code switching right. is because it bled into a lot of other. Right. Well, I think a, a lot of code switching plays into identity, which is naturally for Americans race. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why we talk about it. But yeah. Yeah. So this fruit smoothie, we're just going to answer some of the uh, questions and things people have written in to us over the past few months. Sorry if I cough again. <coughs> I've had this weird cough. It's bronchitis. Oh, girl. It's just um, come caught in the throat. Yes. Come rocks. Come, you know, come coughs. Come, yeah, what is it? No, come fart queen. Come fart queen. Come cough queen. <laughs> so the first question comes from Instagram at Alyssa. Um, and just a three-part question, but the first one is, how did you start your podcast? I just understood her Instagram handle. That's actually cute. What? It's like Alyssa. She probably couldn't just put her name, so she put the U-G-H at the uh-huh. end. Like, like uh, Alyssa. Ugh. Ugh, I hate this bitch. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. Um. Anyways, how do we start this podcast? Uh, we just always had, like, these kinds of conversations. Mm-hmm. Pillow talk. We always had pillow talk, yeah. especially because we used to, like... I used to stay the night all the time at your place and we would always just like be in bed and like having these kinds of conversations for sure like years ago and then I think more as time progressed like in uh like road trips and things like that right. we would always be like oh we should record this mm-hmm. and then finally we just did I think it was our way of being active in a sense yeah right where yeah. like a lot of people have these things to say but I feel like with us this is a way to open the conversation between the two of us but also Obviously, with that on a public platform, yeah, yeah. third party person who's mm-hmm. not in the room with us, but still, yeah, they're listening to give feedback or mm-hmm. you know have like a deeper discussion, yeah. which is actually like I feel, I don't think that I've ever done this consciously, but thinking about it now, one of the importances of people commenting on what we talk about mm-hmm. or writing into us is because 
we're doing this to open the conversation, right. not just to have it for other people to right. listen like, to. Right. Like, this isn't a lecture. Right. It's a dialogue. Right. And we don't want to be like, this is our thoughts. There, You're wrong right. if you disagree. Right. It's like, yeah, it's okay. so accessible. Yeah. Like, let us, let us know. Yeah. We don't mind bringing it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess the next question kind of ties into that, but what inspired you? Uh, I think real life situations that we have been able to talk about in a very comfortable relationship. Mm -hmm. Like you and I have a very open and honest relationship where we can comfortably talk about things that would sometimes make other people uncomfortable to talk about. Like come cough queen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing that can go on our shirts and stuff. Cute. Come cough queen. Comfort queen. I think comfort sounds better. Comfort yeah, queen. Um, and then the last thing is... Probably what... just have to be CFQ, though. No, I want it to say no, comfort queen. Sick. Um, and then the last thing is, what's your end goal? Honestly, I think... famous. <laughs> Not rich and famous, but yeah. I would love to take this shit on the road. Yeah. And tour and have live audiences mm-hmm. and, like, you know, talk about shit like that. And then really, like, take this kind of branding and, like, open it up to, like other things like philanthropist things Mm -hmm. like safe spaces for people or you know what i mean like i really think this could go endless uh, possibilities because i feel like even when we were thinking of the concept of fruit snacks and how we wanted to do it we we had this really long week process of brainstorming ideas and stuff like that and we kept coming around this idea of being gay but we didn't want it to just be gay Mm -hmm. right because i was like say gay is a thing but i want it to be a subsect of like who we are because in essence that's how we live our lives totally so i would I would see this podcast being the same thing where, yes, it's a podcast, but it can be fluid just like our topics and Mm -hmm. how we view our world of, like, sharing it into other facets of our life. Right. Um, So, yeah, this would be a great thing to, like, bleed into. Oh, my God. Imagine, like, our our live tour, like, every stop being a fruit market. <laughs> like on stage, like a like that's our um props. Our backdrop. Yeah, just a big fruit market. And we're yeah. like, hi. And it's just our heads popped just out. Apples and watermelons <laughs> everywhere. Our head just popped out of the fruit stand. <laughs> it's such a mess. Um at Brie Gurley on Instagram okay. asks, uh, trends you don't understand or are into. Um, I feel like the trends that we're into is what we put in in season. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. I'm, that is exactly what in season is. Um, so stay tuned. <laughs> um, that and- we don't understand. You know what's funny? Somebody just posted. Um, so you know how there was controversy over that girl who licked the ice cream. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then put it right back in the freezer at she Walmart. Licked it, I think it was Briars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she opened this like tub of ice cream, licked it, and then closed it and put it back in the freezer. Um, somebody posted. If you had just let that generation continue eating Tide Pods, we wouldn't have to worry about our ice cream. And I was like, true. But that's like, why is that a thing? Like, you are you are not the ice cream. I mean, the ice cream, I guess. Well, I don't that's think that's just a, fucking stupidity. a trend, but... The Tide Pod thing? Oh, the Tide Pod thing. Yeah, I'm talking about challenges like that. Like, that's a, tr- that's a trend that I did not sure. understand and I cannot get behind. Like, you're ingesting chemicals. That's just fucking right. stupid to right. me. You know? Not well, to say that our generation hasn't done stupid things, but like... I'm going to broaden mine um, and go a little more deep than Tide Pods, but uh, <laughs> my they idea... deep stains, bitch. <laughs> I did go deep. My idea of a trend that I don't like is this current trend of being shut off from, like, having open dialogue. Because I think people are angry a lot of the times in America, and they are upset with how people view the world that might differ from their own. Right. 
or like just when you look at politics as far as red and blue and like conservative, liberal, you know, right, left, whatever, it's so polarizing that there never seems to be a middle ground when I feel like more people fit within a middle ground than the two extremes. And um, it sucks that like we can't recognize people's viewpoints, even if they differ from ours. Uh And it's like that trend I don't like because I think the best ideas come from checks and balances like that, where if you keep being around yes people and people who tell you what you value and true are always the case in reality, you start only being able to like support one subsect of a diverse community, right? Mm-hmm. But if people bounce ideas where it's like, hey, this is how I feel because from my experience, I've gone through this and this and that's why it doesn't work for me. Then you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that goes for both sides. And I think it's weird because I think... Both sides think they're really open when both sides are just as shut off, but they say they're say, open for the same reasons. People want to have a conversation as long as it's a monologue. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you need to validate everything I'm saying as truth, fact, progressive, or the way the world is, when really, it's your world, mm-hmm. not everyone's world, yeah. you know? And yes, you might not get everything you want, but that's that's life, if, especially if you're trying to diversify. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to live in a diverse world, so yeah. I wish the trend would go that we would listen to each other a little bit more. Great. Yeah. Tide ponds and open discussion. That's right. That's right. Um, and then the last one, <laughs> this comes as a little joke, but you want to get called out, so let's call it out. At Troy, uh, Troy, <laughs> at Corey.Travels asks, why am I scared to move to L.A.? So let me give you a little backstory about Corey, okay, for the listeners. He's a flight attendant that I know from training. We were in the same class. We both got L.A. based right out of the gate. The difference is I'm going back home. He's from Boise, coming to L.A. I think he was 20. Or, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was like, did yeah. I say it wrong? But, yes, Boise, Idaho. He was coming, moving out at 22, first time being alone um, in a new city. L.A. is very big, you know, whatever. And he got scared being there after six months um, and made 101 excuses why it wasn't working when really it was just him not letting it work, right? Because he was like, oh my God, rent is so expensive here. In Idaho, it's only like 150. Bitch, because no one's trying to live in Idaho, right. okay? Think about what you're paying for. Yes, it's more to, to live in a room to sh- with a shared bathroom, but you also have the beach. You have all these... Um, you're getting more of what you pay for. Uh, yeah, exactly. You're getting more of what you yeah. pay for. The weather's nice. You can go snowboarding, surfing, whatever, even though he's not into those things. But, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. Right. Not to say there's nothing to do in Idaho, but I think right. it's clear why more people live on the coast because there is more to do. Totally. And so I was like, here's the thing. You need to give it a good year because six months in a new yeah. place, you start feeling comfortable and a year in, you feel like you belong, right? Mm-hmm. And I think he was just fighting it. And now... Because, you know, we just started a new job. He didn't really have many friends other than the people in our class. But everyone who pretty much was from our class was going back home. So we already had our lives situated. And he felt alone a lot of times. And it's frustrating because I think for him, anxiety got in the way. Uh. And he's like... I feel uncomfortable because I don't know these things, but instead of looking within to fix it, he was running from his problems and then ended up moving back home and has been commuting from Boise to LA. So a lot of flight attendants do this, but when you commute, think about driving into like LA to go to work and for an hour that sucks as it is. But for him, he has to go from Boise to Seattle, most cases or Boise straight to LA, but it's very rare because on, I think United or something only has one flight a day. Mm. And you have to fly like six hours before you start actually flying for your job. Sometimes you have to come in a day early because your flight time might start really early in the morning and there's no flights, you know, whatever. Sometimes you have to sleep in the airport. Made it so much harder for himself. And 
he doesn't he wants to move back but he keeps like fighting it for whatever reason yeah. and i'm like dude what is wrong right like you have all these situations where you can move in be comfortable you know people mm-hmm. it's a different experience yet you still are making excuses of why it doesn't fit yeah. i stopped fighting for him because i was yeah. like you don't want to grow up that's the problem and I'm reading you right now because this is how I would treat any other one of my friends. So sorry that I'm putting you on blast in this like this platform, but you asked for it, motherfucker. You are being a pussy ass bitch because you are fucking scared of growing the fuck up, right? Like you're not comfortable being gay. So then when you put, get put in gay situations where you're around other gay people and that you feel like they're judging you or not liking you, you get insecure and then you back off and be like, it's not for me. When really you're not even trying to make connections, right? And then two... Yeah, it's okay to feel alone. Like, you feel that way. I feel that way. And I'm home, right? I'm in my own thing. And, like, coming from my own, um, you know, experience of life, as you guys I've shared on this podcast, to say that he's going through something less of a struggle, I'm not there to say that because for him, his struggle might feel like just as much weight. But for me, I'm like, yo, get it together. You're being a pussy-ass bitch. I moved from Germany at 18 by myself to California to start my life here because that was what is important to me. I don't want to hear you complain about how you don't want to live at home in Boise, yet you don't want to do anything about it. Because to me, you're not doing shit. So live in your misery, right? I'm like, whatever. And on top of that, like, just shut the fuck up. (laughs) Just shut the fuck up. Honestly, I try to be there as a friend to be supportive and be like, I understand because again, his struggle might feel like the world. But at a certain point, I'm like, dude, you need to get real and realize like, you're not the only person who has ever done this and everyone else is fine. So why do you think you're not going to be fine? Do you know what I mean? Like it might feel like a big deal, but once you do it and then you get accustomed, you're going to look back and be like, why was I even scared about it? Mm. So I'm like over having the conversation because it's now been like three years, this back and forth of like, should I do it? Should I not? And mind you, he was saying all the excuses he was saying was like, rent is too much. He was renting a room for $700 with parking in Long Beach, a, a block from the ocean. $700. That's not expensive at all. So he moved back home because he's like, it was too expensive. Tell me why he bought a brand new truck, didn't put anything down, and his car payment is close to $600. Yeah, that's okay, right? So it makes no sense. Like, the logic there, I'm just like, I'm not the person to support you in this journey. I don't mind listening to you, but I can't give you feedback because I will absolutely shut this shit down. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you want to hear that because you probably already feel very insecure about it as is. So I'm not trying to make you more insecure. But because you asked, girl, there it is. Well, I'm going to say a couple quick things. Yeah, say it. In a more polite tone. Um, The first is some cities, some places are just not for people. That's okay. It's just... Okay, I agree, but then why is this... No, I know, no, 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 I know, I'm not done. Sorry, I was about to really jump in. With that being said, it seems like if this has been an ongoing thought for three years now, there's something instinctively happening inside you that is proving time and time again that you want to give this a go but there's also something inside of you that is proving time and time again to cause you to hesitate from actually just taking the leap and doing it but the advice that i used to give to people because they'd be like oh i want your life i want to do what you do and i'm like so do it yeah and they're like but and they have a thousand excuses and i'm like look you're gonna have those excuses regardless of where you live. That's true. You're gonna have those excuses in LA, in Chicago, in New York, in Texas, where in Boise, wherever you are. Those excuses are gonna follow you, so you may as well at least deal with those excuses in a place where you're gonna be happier. Right. You just have to be open-minded, and you really have to find what it is that makes you happiest at home. I hope something makes you really happy at home. 
in this new place mm-hmm. maybe in a new form but like i realize and where this is coming from to not be so vague is like i have realized that in new york i related everybody who i met here or compared everybody to like my tribe of people in la mm-hmm. which is unfair to do because they're just different walks of life and they're different people altogether. um but i also realized that what i've been missing out on most is i'm no longer a part of entertainment out here right like i've come out here and i haven't done anything creatively speaking at least not professionally at all my entire like set of memories from la is kind of stemming from either college or entertainment um but i relate college to entertainment a lot and when i say entertainment i mean disney um i was a dancer so i was much more of a like a creative like artist Mm -hmm, type mm -hmm. um and I, I feel like the, all of those people who are in my tribe, I met through that creative stem. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that stem out here, right? So, like, that's what I'm missing. I can't blame New York or the people out here. It's my lack of effort to put myself in that situation um, or lack of recognition that that's what was missing for me. But that took three years to figure out and a lot of fucking self-work and inner thought process. Well, I think part of it is like you surrendered to that feeling and you're like, okay, well, what is it? And then you look inside rather than be like, Mm -hmm. instead of fighting it, be like, I don't have this, I don't have this, fuck this, fuck this. You're like, okay, wait, right. Let me see. Let me rewire this, Uh you know? And yeah, I don't think that has happened for him. Mm -hmm. He's not rewiring because he's like, well, in Idaho, we can go to the lake. It's like, okay, well, the beach is the new lake next. Totally. You know what I mean? Well, in Idaho, we go, we we go camping. You can camp here. Like whatever, whatever the excuse you have, find it. But you're not going to get Idaho in California, Uh which is why it's called Idaho and it's called California. Like it's two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I know I say it very like harshly and like I'm being dramatic. Yeah. I support him in his decision. I told him, I was like, if you feel comfortable at home, stay at home. Yeah. But my thing is, stop talking about it then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. Just stop talking That's about it. That's why I say, like, also explore what that instinctive yearning sure. to move is. Because if it's still around after three years of not being there, I just, I personally feel like that's something worth looking into. Well, I think part of it is, like, growing up. Like, I think yeah. where he was before, everyone probably How old was. Is he? He's 20 five now 20s yeah okay like before that was like okay because you're like kind of out of college out of high school like you kind of like are like at an age where you can kind of do that but then now he's friends with people like me or stuff where like we're going forward in life right Mm -hmm. where we're like creating an adult experience and it's not fun to be like oh i'm going home to live with my Uh parents you know what i mean it's like and i think that identity kind of bothers him too which is why he feels like i need to move out because i mean this is going to sound harsh i don't mean it to but like grow up yeah you know what I mean? Like, you grow up. You just need to grow up. And sometimes it takes longer for people, which, again, I'm saying for him, it's fine. Because this is his journey. This is where he's at in life. Something will come. Maybe it's this little dialogue that he hears that finally, like, clicks. I don't know. But something in his head, will he'll hear and be like, that's what it is. Yeah. And then whether that is committing to staying in Boise or committing to moving, whether it's California or somewhere else, something will happen for him to be like, okay, that's where I need to find my happiness. But by you just staying placent and then complaining about it is literally doing nothing for you, but making you stay in the position you're at. Totally. That's all. wrap this bitch up because it's running a little long um so in season for me i'll go first um 
the new Mulan trailer has got me so hyped. I really? really? Oh my, like literally, you know me on Prozac. I don't have emotion. Like I don't give a fuck. When I saw that, I had chills like three or four different times throughout that trailer. Yeah. And then when I watched it again after that high, I was like, uh, it kind of does look cheesy sometimes. But in the moment with the music and like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm getting chills now. Look at that. It's getting off. But I felt so proud because I feel like um, it's the same thing of like Black Panther or like Crazy Rich Asians where it really is a different story with people who represent the story. Um, And it's funny because we brought up Lion King too, but Lion King, Mulan, and Angels in the Outfield were the only three movies from Disney I owned as a child. So I'm waiting for my Angels in the Outfield remake. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. But I think both of those movies are really nostalgic for me. More so Mulan because I, I really feel like as a gay man, I really relate to her story, especially that song Reflection, where it's like, um, who is this person I see in the mirror? Like, I don't know this person. And yeah. that's exactly how I felt as a kid. And not knowing that that was the song and that's what it was about, as a kid, I just gravitated towards it. Totally. And now as an adult, I'm like, wow, that actually makes sense. Mm. Um, so now seeing that story, I was like, wow, it's, yeah. it's so nostalgic. And yeah. I'm like, here for it. Because okay. I love a good female badass bitch lead yeah. where you like are like, I don't give a fuck what society is telling me. Yeah. I'm going to fight for what I want. And she literally does and saves China and like work. Yeah. Fierce. Um, mine is also a pop culture reference. I love everything about the new Sam Smith song. Okay. Um, and it's not just the song itself, but this is his first... I use this term lightly. It's like his first big like dance song where he's dancing for in sure. It. And uh, he's no, he's not like a dance. It would be like if Adele came out with a dance song <laughs> because she was feeling it and wanted right. to dance in a music video. Are they dancers? No, they're like these power not power ballad, but they're these ballad singers that know how to emote really well. But he's coming into his own right now. Yeah. He's he's spoken a lot about that before the release of this song. Um, and it's this new, like, era for him where he's like, I love disco. Like, I love, you know, where, like, gay history comes right. from and all this stuff. And in it, he, you can just tell he is, like, free. Like, he he looks so free uh-huh. um, in his movement. And I'm here for that. It looks like he really is supporting his art, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels authentic to him. And I'm, I, I would agree. I watched yeah. the video, too, and I was like... Granted, there's nothing in it where you're like, wow, that was no, awesome. No. But just seeing it and like knowing it, you're like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I yeah. feel like queer artists can now sing about love that represents them mm-hmm. without being vague, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, they can say he, he being can a, say, he, say he. Yeah, yeah, he can say he. And people are still like, yes, when before I think that was a fear. It's like, well, if it, it might not relate. But All then, of his other songs were like vague in the sense of gender. Gender, exactly. Yeah. Just like, I love love uh-huh. rather than be like i love him and yeah. i think my way to you not him, him yeah. yeah but i think what's cool is i think people are realizing like it doesn't matter if it says he or whatever people are going to relate the song back to who they are totally. as a person because as gay people all these songs were like whitney houston's like oh boy you know yeah. the that i'm dreaming of yeah as a gay man that's straight but we're like yes i can relate to that so mm-hmm. i think people will you know consume art in a way that like relates to them regardless if it totally. is like the actual language they'll just put themselves in it and yeah. i think yeah yeah authenticity and, as, and we talked about me turning 30 and i think just like feeling like i'm coming into a new se- sense of self-identity right seeing that through somebody else is really exciting because you're like oh now i'm excited for like me to find that right right you know? yeah work yeah love it 
Well, that's pretty much it for this episode, you guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And like we always say, if you're listening, please screenshot it. We should probably say that at the beginning of each episode. I just always forget. No, I, I think it's better to leave. Wow, I see why you're You know what I mean? Because yeah. then people are like already on to the next thing. But screenshot it. Excuse me. And then load it to your Instagram story. We'll try to post it. Again, if you're private, we won't be able to see it. So that is why. Um, you can reach us um, and follow us on Instagram at... Fruit Snacks Pod. And you can um, email us on email at fruitsnackspod <laughs> at gmail.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will check you next week on Fruit Snacks. <laughs> hey guys, so this week on Fruit Facts, again, we only have one fruit fact to fact check. It's a little bit long winded, but we brought up this person called Rachel Dolezal. Um, she was kind of publicly scrutinized for a little bit but it's actually a white woman acting black let me give you a little backstory according to wikipedia which you know is a really credible source um dolezal was the president of the national association for the advancement of colored people chapter in spokane washington from 2014 until june 2015 when she resigned in the midst of the controversy over her racial identity so in essence (laughs) she was a white woman posing as black Dozal received public scrutiny when her white parents publicly stated that she was passing as black. The statement by Dozal's parents followed Dozal's report to police and local news media that she had been the victim of race-related hate crimes. However, a subsequent police investigation had failed to substantiate her allegations. Dozal had also identified herself as mixed race on an application and had claimed that an African-American man was her father. In the aftermath of the controversy, Dozal was dismissed from her position as the instructor of Africana Studies at Eastern Washington University and was removed from her post as chair of the police commission in Spokane over a pattern of misconduct. Later in 2015, Dozal acknowledged that she had been born white to white parents and maintained that she self-identified as black. So this was brought up in the idea that you're taking on another identity to code switch rather than it being your authentic experience. And we play light that Rachel Dolezal kind of did that when I guess it's not light because she actually did do that. But that pretty much it. That's pretty much it for this week's Fruit Facts. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you next week on Fruit Snacks.